Got a special bonus episode here of Locked On Sooners. The Oklahoma men's basketball team dropped another disappointing game, this time to Texas Tech. Oklahoma women on the verge of hosting in the NCAA tournament. Got a big matchup with the Texas Longhorns coming up. And softball has a chance to rebound in the Mary Nutter Classic. Will weather be a factor? We'll talk about that on this bonus edition of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh, turning our attention to the hardwood, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners men's team, man, lost another Bummer of a game this time to Texas Tech in a game that was pretty close and they played fairly well on the defensive side of the of the ball. I almost said the football defensive side of the basketball forcing 16 turnovers, although Tech did shoot really, really efficiently on the night. Uh, but ultimately for Oklahoma, it was they just weren't hitting buckets. They only shot like 30, 34 percent, shot 23 percent from three. Just not a good game. Um, and, and it's the same thing we come back to every time we talk about a loss. It's that. They're not consistent enough shooting the basketball to take advantage of, of the open shots that they do generate in Porter Moser's offense. So before I share any thoughts on what it was obviously another frustrating loss for Oklahoma men's basketball, I just wanted to take a moment to wish B. John Cortez well. Uh, obviously has taken a, a leave of absence for personal reasons. Don't care to speculate on what those personal reasons are. Don't know what any of those personal reasons are. But uh, as I said, you know, on the radio side, just wanted to say here, just wish him well. You know, I mean, I think so many times I get caught up in this and, and I'm guilty of this. So I'm pointing the finger at myself. This is not pointing the finger at anybody else of not, not, hey, entertain me, but losing sight of the fact that, look, these are young men and women that do more than just basketball, right? It, it's uh, what was the old shut up and dribble, right? It's not that, right, that uh, LeBron or whoever in the past has said. So just wishing B. John Cortez well. I don't know what's going on there. I thought it was really cool. You know, it, it, a season that's as frustrating as it's been, John, I thought it was an awesome moment with Porter Moser up in the press conference talking about B. John Cortez, just saying, my message to B. John is, I love you. So I, I thought I thought that was a pretty neat little side story afterwards. Okay, the game itself. Not good. This team just can't win close games. It's what else can you say about this team right now? I, I don't want to, uh, I almost feel guilty because it's going so bad. And I know that there's some fans out there that are like fire and brimstone, John fire and brimstone, please. No, let them have it. Let them have it. Porter's on the hot seat. But I mean, guys, do you want to hear that? I mean, we all get it. It's not going well. Clearly if, uh, Things don't improve next season. I think it'll be Porter Moser's final season. I really like Porter Moser. I think he can win at Oklahoma, but they've just got a lot of problems, man. Uh, beyond just the talent portion of it, which they have a talent problem, they they got a we-can't-win problem late. They, they keep putting themselves in position to win games, and I get that it's, hey, <laughs> you know, it's chicken and egg, right? It's, yes, they need to be more talented, but right now, John, they just don't win close games and they got to figure that part out upstairs. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's funny to watch, you know, because this is a team that we've talked about a lot where, you know, they shoot 20-something threes and they're not super efficient. Well, they shot 33 against Tech. And a lot of those were really good looks, but it just don't have – we have Joe, you know, Bama Seal shooting threes regularly. You're, you're not getting the best looks. Uh, you know, Atega Owe, he's got some work to do on his shot because right now he's just kind of an athlete that can finish around the hoop, but – I mean, asking him to shoot from three is not a great idea. Grant Sherfield just not been consistent enough. Uh, you know, Milo Uzan, I need to see him more with the ball in his hand, like trying to score, like trying to create offense as opposed to just, you know, uh, initiating the offense. Like I need him because I feel like he's he's kind of the future of the team and they need him to kind of take a big step forward. His three-point stroke is sweet. It's it is slick. It's quick. He gets it off fast. And I mean, he's accurate with it. He was like two of four from three last night. I just need him to shoot more. Like I want to see that guy shoot the basketball more, but it, it just comes down to, they don't do anything great. You know, like if you're a great defensive team, you can kind of get away with having a poor shooting night. If you're not, then you get killed. Uh, if you're a great rebounding team, then you might be able to, you know, get some second chance opportunities off some misses, but they're not a great rebounding team. Uh, you know, they're not a great shooting team. So down the stretch when Texas tech, you know, starts moving the ball well and they are able to create and get easy points. I mean, that just, that just puts so much more stress on your offense to respond and, and they just don't have it. Um, so when the defense isn't, isn't able to lock them up, it just puts way, way too much pressure on this offense to, to try and respond. And so, yeah, they're just not particularly great at anything or good really at anything. And so that, that's kind of where the, the trouble lies. Uh, but you know, they've got an infusion of talent coming next year. A couple guys that were four-star players, four-star prospects in the two, four, seven sports database. So there is hope that they can continue to build this thing. I think it's kind of like what we've seen in, in, you know, year one with Brent Venables, you know, there's a lot of transition that does have to take place. Uh, unlike what happened with uh, the Oklahoma women's basketball team, which we'll talk about here in a second, but you know, Porter Moser had a ton of guys transfer out. Uh, Davion Harmon being one of those guys that, I mean, was a key contributor to this team. Uh, you also saw Harkless leave. And I mean, several other guys go elsewhere and then he had to supplement that with the transfer portal and all the while still trying to like rebuild recruiting. Well, it might take a little bit longer to get there because uh, just one, you're not a blue blood basketball program that can recruit through the transfer portal. Like Oklahoma football can recruit from the transfer portal and you don't have the, like a star, you know, unlike when you had Austin Reeves a few years back um, in long Kruger's last year. So it, there's there's still work to be done, and I think, you know, I think Joe Castiglione is a is a patient dude. And I think he's going to give him time. You know, Porter. You know, we want to put Porter on the hot seat year two. They didn't make the tournament, but what if what if we just give him a little bit of time, give him four or five years, and just see what happens? He was a good enough coach for Loyola Chicago to go to the Final Four, to go to a couple Sweet Sixteens. I do see, I do see some promise in his offense because he does create the offense does create a lot of really good looks, which they're just not hitting them. So are there things that you got to work on? Absolutely. Does Porter got to continue to build this thing? Absolutely. But I don't think it does Oklahoma any good by cutting his tenure short 
after two or even three years, I think they just got to give them time and, and, and see how this plays out. And after four or five years, they're not making the tournament. Then you, then you gotta, you just have to, you just got to move on because you got to find somebody that can take them to the tournament. But I think you want to, you want to have some stability, especially as you get ready to go into the sec. So moving on from Porter Mosier now, and then having one year of, you know, a new coach and then jump into the sec. I don't think that benefits you very much. So it's kind of where I'm at on the men's basketball. Yeah. I just, uh, obviously hope that it starts to improve so we can pivot away from those types of discussions with both the head football coach and the head men's basketball coach here, here, uh, it is, it is lean times and, and we like both so much, right? I mean, we're not far removed from, look at this. We get the two most energetic coaches in the entire nation. And yet now people are like, yeah, I don't care about the defensive stance on the sideline with Porter. It's, but all of that can come back. We could all have fun, and it'll be great together again if they just start winning basketball games. I'm like you, though. Uh, I would say, first of all, I'd be floored if even if things – if Oklahoma loses out, I'd be floored still if uh, Porter Moser wasn't back next season unless he somehow took another – I don't think he's getting fired right here right now. But uh, next season, if it's similar, I, I don't know. Joe's hands might be kind of tied in that regard. So I just hope that things improve so we don't have to get to that point. But on a more positive note, it's a it's a big big one coming up for the the women where they they can capture the Big 12 championship basically, uh at least position themselves basically to perhaps do that in in and win it outright, John, if they take care of Texas. Yeah, so they got Texas 1 p.m. on Saturday at the Lloyd Noble Center. Everybody needs to get out there, support the ladies in the Red River Showdown. They got beat by 20 down in Austin. Texas is the number one defensive team in the Big 12. The Oklahoma Sooners is the number one offensive team in the Big 12. Oklahoma offense, number two in the nation. So it's a, it's going to be a big-time matchup. I mean, this is some heavy hitters. But like Josh said, it's basically for the Big 12 title. Both teams have three games remaining. They'll have two games left after this Saturday's showdown. But if Oklahoma wins this, they'll be in the driver's seat. All they have to do is just win their final two and after that, and then they'll be in good shape. But interestingly, in the latest bracketology from ESPN, Oklahoma was a four seed, which if you're a four seed in the women's NCAA tournament, you get to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. And how huge would that be? So getting this win, if they're able to pick up the win over Texas, and I think that really solidifies them as a top four seed in a region. Now they'd be in the Seattle region. So once you got past the first two rounds, you'd have to go on the road. But I mean, getting the host in Norman would be huge for this team. So Get out there, support the support the ladies. They're they're finding an, another scoring option in uh in Ashley Jones, who who's been really big the last couple games for the Sooners in the midst of a six game winning streak. I mean, what's not to like? Well, it, it would be pretty impressive too. It, you know, to me, beat Texas, you're winning the Big Twelve championship or at least sharing it, right? Probably you're taking care of business the next game versus Kansas State, and I think you're going on the road to Stillwater to winning, though. It's bedlam and something weird could happen, and obviously they'll be very, very motivated to play spoiler for you. But all things considered, you win this Red River showdown come Saturday, John, and probably 
because of those items, because I think you're winning the next two after it, you're probably locking yourself into that four seed and above line that you're talking about right there, which what does that mean? It would mean that each of the first two seasons under head coach Ginny Bronchek, Oklahoma's played the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament at home, assuming again that they would host that first round game and win said first round game that they would they would play two uh two games at home the first couple of rounds at home but even to be in that position back-to-back years is uh amazing you know Ginny Baranchek has taken this program and in a very short time elevated it yeah and you know they had a good a pretty good roster you know to work with with Maddie Williams and Skylar Van and I mean this was a decent team but you know Sherry Cole the legend I mean, they went a couple years, a few years without going to the tournament before she ultimately retired. So, like, there was some rebuilding to do, and and they're doing it on the fly. You know, Maddie Williams is kind of taking her game to another level. Taylor Robinson's been fantastic. Uh, but they're finding depth in scoring, you know, four or five players that could put in double figures each night for you, and, and that's huge. You know, they've got a really great bench option now in Jones. So, uh, tough. it's going to be a tough test. It's a you know, a, a very good Texas team, uh, but you went on the road and you beat Baylor in Waco. So you can, this is a winnable game. You can win this game. You've got enough offensive firepower to make this happen. going to have to lock it down on defensive side so that, you know, cause Texas is a pretty good scoring team them, themselves. They're number five in the big 12 in scoring. So it, it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, there's no easy way to say that, but um, Oklahoma certainly is capable of winning this. Anything else you want to touch on Josh before we get out of here tonight? I'll be interested to see what happens with softball coming up this weekend in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. I know we probably got tomorrow's show to really go into detail on it. The other thing about that is, as Plank's been talking about all week, weather could very much be a factor in forcing something, which is you know rare, obviously, from uh, where these games are played. They don't normally run into these kind of problems, but it uh, – could create some problems to where who knows uh, how many uh, if all of these games or if a couple of these games aren't going to get played. So it's going to be interesting to monitor that with Oklahoma softball, where you're obviously trying to bounce back from the Baylor loss. Uh, You had bozos like me talking about this team's going to go undefeated for a long time. And then they jinxed it and ruined it for everybody. And so anyways, they're trying to bounce back from that. And so you'd like to just on Friday, get out there and do that. But uh, we'll see how, how weather plays out. And there's some good teams that they're going to play in this event or, you know, scheduled to. Obviously, that's that's ended by UCLA uh, in the final game here. So just something to monitor and something probably we should deep dive tomorrow. Yeah. And hey, if there's snow, you got Alex Tarocco, the Chicago native turned Michigan Wolverine that you can throw out there in the circle. Hey, I mean, that's Patty Gasso playing chess. She saw this this winter weather storm coming to California uh, long before anybody else did. So um, Patty Gasso, always thinking, always thinking. So uh, we'll, yeah, we'll cover that. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. We'll get into detail on it. But yeah, huge opportunity for Oklahoma to bounce back. Uh, hopefully a few of their players can find their hit and stroke safe travels out there uh, to uh, California. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Sooners. Saying, uh, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Again, we're free and available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you're subscribed to the show over on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.